T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome, everybody, to Cleveland at the Republican National Convention. Brian Mazarowski here on WBEN, day three of the convention. And today, you know, I, I just can't help but feel that today is like that little lull in the convention. I, I think everyone was pretty excited last night uh, when Trump was officially given the nomination by the delegates he still has to accept. So he's still technically the presumptive nominee. But uh, that was one of the big moments of the convention. Tomorrow, of course, you have the Trump speech. And today, well, today it's, uh, you know, a little, uh, I don't want to say light. But there's not quite as much going on. We do have Ted Cruz coming up. We do have Marco Rubio. It's Make America First, again, that's the theme of tonight. So naturally, we have uh, all the people, Scott Walker, too, all the people who uh, lost in the uh, Republican primary process and Make America First Again night. So that's what we have coming for you a little bit later on tonight. We'll be carrying all the important speeches live. Um, one of Trump's children are speaking. Exactly which one, I'm not too sure. They have their own speech, though. They didn't, uh, they didn't copy it from anybody. I'm almost positive. But we have all that to look forward to tonight live from Cleveland. And uh, I also want to talk a little bit about what's been going on outside. Because while things are a little quieter out here than they have been, uh, or in here, I should say, than they have been over the past few days, outside, I'd say it's heating up just a bit. I saw more people outside today when I was walking around than I have any other day of the convention. And uh, some got pretty heated. We'll bring some of that sound to you a little bit later on. Uh, I guess just before, and it's a testament to the work that the police officers here at the convention in Cleveland are doing, that I didn't even know this happened. And I reached the area it happened maybe five minutes after the fact. But uh, somebody was set an American flag on fire right at the entrance where you come into the secure zone around the arena. And uh, we talked to somebody who was leaving that scene. Uh, police quickly put it out. And now, listen, flag burning is protected speech. A good thing to know, though, is that if you set something on fire in the middle of a huge crowd at the Republican National Convention, yeah, you're probably going to get in trouble for that, free speech or not. But that, uh, that happened a little bit earlier on. I guess there was a, a line of people in that same area. They made a kind of a human wall. They said, here's your wall, Donald Trump, and uh, with uh, their own banners that look like a chain-link fence. So that kind of stuff is, is heating up a little bit. And uh, what I also saw today was two people, for the first time, uh, all 
convention, and you heard about it going in, that Cleveland has an open carry law. And that is going to be a problem. People are going to be carrying guns. And I said, yeah, that doesn't sound like a good idea. But I really haven't seen anybody carrying up until today. I saw one person when I was leaving the area where Donald Trump landed this afternoon. He was uh, carrying a, a handgun at his hip. And then I saw another person, you heard me talking with Tom Bowerly about it, waiting in line to get a burrito. And a guy had a rifle over his shoulder at Chipotle. It made people feel a little bit uncomfortable. Needless to say, he gathered a, a, a lot of attention for that. We talked with him. We'll bring you that sound coming up in just a little bit. But it brings me to the question of why. And maybe some of you gun owners out there can call in 803-0930 and tell me why. What is the appeal of bringing a firearm, bringing a, a rifle into a place like Chipotle, into any place, a, a restaurant, or, or any place where the public are just going to grab a bite to eat or do something normal with their everyday lives? I don't understand what the appeal of bringing a firearm into that place is because you're doing nothing but heaping attention on yourself and you're making people feel pretty uncomfortable. I never understood the appeal to that. If you do, I invite you to call in 803-0930 with the Cleveland's open carry law. The other thing is, you know, I see this guy with the handgun on his hip. I see this guy with the rifle over his shoulder. And, you know, thank God, they make me feel so safe because, uh, you know, if it wasn't for them, I'd have to rely on the 5 billion police officers who are at every single corner in Cleveland. There's no real practical reason uh, to be carrying a handgun in Cleveland. It's only a statement. And if you want to make a statement, that's fine. I just don't think it's worth it. I don't think it's worth the attention you're bringing upon yourself. I don't think it's worth making everybody else feel a little uncomfortable to make that statement to just be carrying a handgun around for basically no practical reason you are not going to be asked to protect yourself walking around downtown cleveland with the police presence that's here so we're going to talk a little bit about that we're going to hear from one of the people who i talked to who was carrying a firearm on the streets of cleveland today and uh, a whole lot more. We'll also talk about Trump's arrival. I was down there when his jet zipped by, when his helicopter circled the area of Cleveland, and he entered like a rock star. It was not a, 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 a normal entrance for a politician. I would bet any amount of money that next week at the DNC, Hillary Clinton won't be making a grand entrance with the opera music playing in the background and uh, stepping out of a helicopter to heaps of applause somewhere. Maybe she will. I kind of doubt it. Does that turn you off at all, that Donald Trump is uh, all about the pomp and circumstance, as we saw this afternoon? You heard it here live on WBEN. If you missed any of it, it's all up on our Facebook page. Uh, you caught it on Facebook Live, Trump's arrival, uh, the video of that, and just exactly what you missed. Basically... If you remember the movie Step Brothers, at the end, they're at the Catalina Wine Mixer, and Will Ferrell goes up, and he sings that over-the-top opera song, and they have that uh, big grand finale. That was basically what it was like 
down by the Great Lakes Science Center when Donald Trump landed. I'm pretty sure it was the exact same song that they played. 803-0930 is the number if you want to get in here to talk about open carry in Cleveland, Trump's entrance. Does all that pomp and circumstance turn you off? You, you saw him enter the stage when he introduced his wife the other night, too. Any of that you want to talk about before uh, things heat up inside, you're more than welcome. If you're on hold, stay with us. We have to take a quick break. Brian Mazrowski here live from the Republican National Convention in Cleveland. Welcome back here to the Republican National Convention in Cleveland. Brian Mazarowski here with you live from Cleveland on WBEN. We're talking about open carry in Cleveland. And now I haven't seen a lot of it, but today I was going to get a burrito and the guy in front of me has a big rifle over his shoulder. And I'm just thinking to myself, what's the point? What's the point? Why do you need your rifle to get a taco i don't think you do and uh, am i missing the point we'll ask you tom you are on wben how are you brian i'm doing great tom what's on your mind cleveland's awesome i'm glad you're there and covering this but uh no i kind of agree with the uh, open carry i think it should be nationwide like texas also um that man was carrying a gun to not only protect himself but you if somebody went berserk here's the thing though here's the thing in this point and i understand he was carrying that gun to make a point to uh, get a conversation going among people he there is no practical reason for him to carry that gun if you could see the amount of law enforcement on the street you cannot turn your head without seeing a pack of five or ten police officers who are ready to respond to absolutely anything that happens there there is no point for him to be cleveland right now is maybe one of the safest places on earth and i i'm not exaggerating when i say that because of the amount of law enforcement here there was no practical reason for him to be carrying that he didn't need to be carrying that for his own protection well uh that's that's great that's the way it is in cleveland but it's not that way every day in the rest of the country and we could have stopped a lot of nonsense if uh, people were allowed. And that's what uh, our Constitution says. So. Well, well, let me let me ask you this before uh, before I let you go. People <laughs> is don't you wouldn't you agree that it's taking it into a restaurant, taking it into somewhere where people are just stopping by to get a bite to eat, and all of a sudden. You look uh, right next to you, and you see somebody with either a handgun at their hip or a rifle over their shoulders. Uh, wouldn't you agree that you're making people uncomfortable and that uh, what you'll gain out of carrying that weapon openly is, uh, I guess, very minimal compared to the way you're portraying, uh, or, excuse me, the way you're, I guess, making other people feel pretty uncomfortable? Uh, I wouldn't be uncomfortable. I, I think he's a patriot, and he's looking out for you as well as himself. And I lived in Texas for a while, and all the guys drove around with guns in their windows on the gun racks. And like, uh, kind of intimidated me. And then uh, now that I've gotten older, it, uh, it makes more sense. 
All right, Tom, I appreciate the call. Thank you for uh, your two cents on the issue. I just don't, I, I don't get it. I'm not, a, I'm not a gun owner. I'll put that out there, and I just don't see. I, I feel perfectly safe without owning a firearm. In this situation where we are here in Cleveland, I feel extremely safe because of the law enforcement presence. And if you're carrying a firearm openly, you're only doing so to make a statement. You can't look at me with a straight face and say you're doing so for your own protection or to protect others. And I'll tell you one thing that happened. So we leave the restaurant. He's eating outside. I'm waiting. Uh, There was another reporter who had the same idea I did. They wanted to talk to this guy. I'm waiting there. I'm standing right next to him. And a car backfires across the street. But, you know, at first, those 10 seconds after that happens, you don't know if it's a car backfiring or what. All you hear is a loud bang, and the it goes from 10 to 0 really quick downtown. And everyone's a little bit on edge. I didn't feel safer because I was standing next to the guy with the rifle. Not one bit. You know what he did? He still stood there. I'm not saying he should have went Rambo and uh, took the rifle over his shoulder and went running and charging and looking for whatever would have happened. That would have been irrational. As it turned out, it was only a car backfiring. But everyone got real quiet, and law enforcement swarmed the area uh, to where the the big bang, I guess you'd say, uh, where the sound came from. They responded appropriately, and I didn't feel any safer just because I was next to the guy with the gun. Rick in Lancaster, you're on WBEN. Hey, Brian, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, Rick. I think you have a short memory. Do you remember a little bit back, there was a Trump rally in Sacramento? Okay? And supporters got brutalized, hospitalized, mothers and kids. Okay? Now? Maybe they're making a statement saying, look... You're not going to do that here. And the police in Sacramento were told to stand down. So we don't know what the police in Cleveland are told. If there's a crazy anti-Trump rally, maybe the police chief there is telling the police to just let it go and let people get hospitalized and brutalized. You're obviously a little more trusting of people in general than I am. Because the last thing I want, if there's some... uh, Big, large-scale protests, which actually so far there hasn't been. I, I would expect maybe some more tomorrow, something else to happen before Trump speaks, but that's uh, beside the point. If there was some large-scale protest and uh, it, it did get start to get ugly, uh, things were being thrown, the last thing I'd want Romano. is for an average citizen to be the first one to respond to that. Look at Why do you think there's never a theater shooting in Texas? Because there'd be... 85 people in that theater. Because generally, there's not theater shootings anywhere. All right, that's all I have to say about that. The reason they're carrying guns is as a show of, you're not doing this in our city. Not here. This is not Sacramento. This is Cleveland. Not for us. That's all I have to say about that. All right, Rick, thank you for the call. I, I just think if you... If you feel you need to carry a weapon for your own safety, maybe you should move. 
I would never want to feel that way, that I had to carry a handgun or carry any sort of firearm or, or along with me all the time uh, in the open for everyone to see in order to feel safe. And if that's how you feel that America is nowadays or if that's how you feel that uh, these events have turned, I, I would I would think before I would think to you know start carrying a gun with me everywhere like it's the Walking Dead, I'd think, you know what, maybe I should move somewhere to where I feel a little bit more at home. Steve in Williamsville, you're on WBEN. Hey, Brian, how's it going? Going uh, pretty well, Steve. What's on your mind? As far as open carry, um, I agree uh, with one of the previous callers. I do believe it should be the law of the land. I think people should have the option. However, um, like you said, the man carrying... Out and you know, walking around with whatever is that that long arm he was carrying, that's to prove a point. That's that's to put it in people's face and say, "I'm doing this because I can, and I want to protect that right." Steve, and- we're, we're up against a break. Let me ask you: Is it worth it in your mind if you're not going to carry it for a, a practical reason, for a physical reason? Is it worth it to do it to prove a point in your mind? There's degrees. I think it is. I think it is, but there's degrees because people can get turned off by being too in your face. Uh, but I think there's a place for it. I think there's a time where we have to stand up and say, this is what we think our country should be. Um, not everybody's going to agree. We may not be right, um, but I think it has a place. All right, Bill, or excuse me, Steve in Williamsville, thank you so much for the call. Another line just opened, 803-0930. We are live at the Republican National Convention in Cleveland. Uh, Full slate of speakers uh, up tonight. We'll bring that to you later on. But for now, we're talking about the open carry laws in Cleveland. Uh, Is there any practical reason for it? And do you really feel like you need to carry a weapon to feel safe walking around in the USA? 803-0930 is the number. I'm Brian Mazarowski on WBEN. Back here, Brian Mazarowski, live from the Republican National Convention in Cleveland. And you heard just a second ago in that news update about the the flag burning that went on outside the Quicken Loans Arena. We touched on it really quickly. Uh, Hopefully a little bit later on we'll bring uh, to you some of the people who were down there at the scene. I caught up with one of them as I was walking toward it. And I've seen a few things online. First of all, yes, it, it is a right to burn a flag as a form of protest. Don't burn anything in the middle of a crowd in front of the Republican National Convention and not expect to uh, have police stop you from doing it. That's just stupid. Second, uh, I've seen uh, some people complaining online about how police reacted and that uh, some people were arrested who were involved in the protest. Listen, police are... are, They they don't want to mess around and take longer than it needs to. They're in a very crowded area. They need to get to the scene right away. And uh, people like me, actually, who uh, just want to put it on video, uh, media members all over the place who want to gather the sound, grab a video, grab pictures, make it pretty tough for law enforcement to get into the area. In fact, they just said so. Cleveland police had a news conference where they just said media members are making it pretty tough to respond to things. And I saw it when that car backfired earlier on uh, downtown. 
that before police can get there sometimes, there's a rush of media people looking to take pictures and uh, wondering what's going on, kind of uh, blocking police from getting there. So if they have to push somebody out of the way to get to something they have to respond to, that's what they're going to do in the name of the greater public safety. So uh, I, I don't want to hear too many people say, well, you know, it's, a, it's freedom of speech. Sure it is. Maybe do, do it in a, a place a little less crowded. Don't do it right in the middle of a crowd, right in the, the doorstep of the convention. We're talking open carry here on WBEN. And after what I saw today, I, there, there's no practical purpose for somebody to be openly carrying a weapon at the Republican National Convention with the heavy law enforcement presence there is. So, so what's, what's the point? It's, it's to make a point. But I don't know if that point's really being heard. Andrew in Hamburg, you're on WBEN. Uh, how do you do, sir? Good day. I, I find it, uh, I, I got three or four points if I can use up some of your airtime. I find it almost appalling to the extent that you can defend a flag burner versus, but you can't defend me and my constitutional premise of gun ownership. Uh, you're talking about safety measures. Uh, even our, even our, you know, Governor Cuomo up there says people that believe in gun rights don't belong in New York City. Uh, I, I don't see where that is. People seem to fail that the con- the premise of the Constitution of private gun ownership is it's the ultimate and final check on the government. So the the whole reason that Second Amendment was put there was because the the founding fathers wanted the American public to be the largest military in the entire world. Hang on, Andrew, before uh, I'm keeping you on, but I have to respond to that point. The world is a lot different in 2016 than it was in 1776. If you think that with your two guns at home, if somebody comes knocking on your door with a tank, that that's going to do a lot of good, uh, it's not. That idea of, of forming a militia of citizens, it's unrealistic in modern times. Uh, that, 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 that's, that's what ISIS is doing today. So how can you convey that it's, it's not relative in modern times? But the reason they select these targets, like uh, the Pulse down in Florida, these are soft targets. These are quote-unquote gun-free zones. You're not talking about ISIS, though. You're talking about... The, a need to react to the government. You're not talking about the need to react to a terrorist. You're talking about when people say they need, when people cite the Second Amendment like that, they're generally doing so because they think they need to react to something that's going to happen with the government and that your gun ownership, that you uh, forming a militia is your last line of defense. It's always been our last line of defense, and the more the, the more the government tries to extract that defense, the more power that we give them. That, 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 I don't see where you're not making the connection. Well, Andrew, uh, we thank you for the call here. I, I've never bought into that argument, and I, I understand it's a constitutional right. Open carry to me. You know what else is a con- the consumption of alcohol is a, a constitutional right. But I don't go around uh, with a, an open beer bottle everywhere I go. You don't have to use every single one of your constitutional rights at every single point of the day. In fact, actually, if I went out last night, I could uh, take a gun 
out on the streets of Cleveland or into a restaurant, but I couldn't take my beer out of the bar. I don't understand uh, quite how that makes sense. As soon as I find my mouse here, we can go to John in Buffalo. John, you're on WBEN. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing great, John. Uh, yeah, their last caller, Andrew. So basically, I mean, in a bizarre way, what he's calling for is the ability to shoot government officials, I guess. Or anybody. Government to shoot possibly police, who would be, would be the ones say, I know they think Andrew Cuomo is evil. So when, if, say, they did ban assault weapons and AR-15, so is that what Andrew is talking about? He wants to be able to defend his now illegal AR-15. That's what worries me with that type of speech. John, it it says here that uh, you had a point that I want you to touch on, that carrying a weapon openly, it it doesn't make a police officer feel more safe around you. Absolutely not. Now you become, even if you think you're Mr. Joe Tough Guy and is going to start some, stop some terrorist or something or some gunman, so now obviously the cops see you walking around and say, I don't know, can they carry AR-15s around? So basically, the type of weapon that our soldiers and Marines used in Vietnam, and now you're walking through the street with it? And what what if there's a group of 10 of them? Now they have a, a little squad of basically Marine riflemen to deal with. What if, I mean, don't they become the biggest problem in sight for them? All right, John, thank you so much for the call. I, I, I couldn't agree more to that one fact. I, people will always say, well, it, it makes me safe. It makes everyone around me safe because I'm holding a gun, and if something happens, I can respond. You tell me if that makes a police officer safe. If he walks to a street corner like I was at today and sees two people with uh, handguns on their side, is that going to make you feel, or is that going to make you more of a threat to a police officer than two people who are just standing there without guns on their side? Yes. Are they going to have to watch you more? Because, listen, I, I know the point that a lot of these people are trying to make that they support the Second Amendment, that they believe in their right to own a gun, and that they have a right in this town and they're going to use it to openly carry a weapon. As a police officer, if you're walking the streets and all of a sudden you see two people with weapons, I'm going to pay more attention to you than all the people who don't have guns on their hips or over their shoulder. Because... Even though you might not think, even you could be the nicest guy in the world. If you're openly carrying a weapon, you're more of a threat than a lot of other people because you have a machine that has the ability to kill somebody on your shoulder. And whether or not you would ever use it, and I know most of the people walking around, they, they want to make the point that you can do this, do this peacefully. You're more of a threat because you're carrying a gun than all these other people who aren't carrying a gun. If you're a police officer and you pull somebody over and they have a gun at their side, you're going to be more likely to be a pretty nervous police officer 
when you're pulling that person over. Hey, WBEN News Time is 7.42. We're going to take a quick break. If you're on hold, stay with us. We're at the Republican National Convention in Cleveland where you can carry a gun into a Chipotle. That's what I saw. I talked with uh, the man who did just that. We'll bring that to you uh, at some point very soon here. And, of course, keep it coming with your calls, 803-0930. Brian Mazarowski here on WBEN. All right, I like it. Coming back here at the Republican National Convention from Cleveland, Brian Mazarowski here with you. We'll be carrying some of the uh, bigger speeches, the names that you uh, know and love. The lovable Ted Cruz, everybody. The likable Mike Marco, Ru- Michael, Marco Rubio. They'll both be speaking. It's Mer- Make America First Again night. So uh, we have all the people who lost to Donald Trump in the, uh, except John Kasich. John Kasich not speaking at the convention. We're talking open carry, though, today in Cleveland. I'm behind somebody just trying to order a burrito. He's got a rifle slung over his shoulder. I got to tell you, it didn't make me feel more safe. John in Lockport, you're on WBEM. What's on your mind? Thanks, Brian. Yeah, I, I mean, I, this is something that I do feel um, passionately about, um, but I'll try to be as objective as possible that I find my points. But um, as far as whether or not it's practical or, re- or reasonable, I mean, here in America, our liberty and our freedom is not secured by our public officials. It's not, a, it's not secured by uh, the, the powers that be above us. It's secured by the people, and the power is with the people. You know what? We sort of the picture of, of, of a citizen who is armed and there to protect his freedom and our all really all of our freedoms that's that's what the, the, the that's what the what they're symbolizing what their what their message is if you will and the message that we all really need to embrace and i think we've gotten so far away from that idea of the, about america, of what america really is and how we earned our freedoms that it does make people uncomfortable now unfortunately um, and i think it's something we need to start becoming a lot more comfortable with because no one's uncomfortable when you see a police officer carrying an AR-15 or open carrying a pistol. Well, because those are the people that we as a society trust with that power. Those are the people who we trust to protect us. I don't walk around thinking that, you know, Steve and Amy and Joe and Bob and whoever I, I see walking down the street are the ones who are going to protect me if anything goes down. No, it's it's the police officer. The, the way you're describing, and, and I'll, uh, I'll let you tell me if I'm uh, right or completely wrong on this, but it it just sounds the way you're describing society it's like this big lawless uh, thing that we we can't rely on what we have in place things like the police Um, we can't rely on anything to keep us safe. That's not a world I want to live in, and that's not a world that I think I live in. Well that's why you're wrong, and that's why I'm sorry you feel that way, but unfortunately it is not the, the government who ensures our freedom. I mean, it is. It's their job, too, as well. I, I, you're, you're not entirely wrong with the right way. I'm saying is it ultimately is all of, our, all of our responsibilities to ensure our safety and our freedom. Yes, you may trust them more, but, that's, but that is the exact opposite uh, mindset of the founding fathers and the people who founded this nation and, and ensure that, those, that those, uh, those ideals would remain a part of the, of the American um, by 
between them not only in you know the 21st Amendment that was added later, but the the Second Amendment of the Constitution of the United States. And it's so important that we we try to. And, and I think I think you made some great points about like where to burn flags. You know, maybe this is not the best place to be open carrying. I'll, I'll, there's points where I could concede that hey, you have to do this, you know, rationally. And, and but I think there's a mindset issue in, in, in the United States that it's our government's job to protect us and they're always going to be there to protect us. But it's not true. Um, I mean, it, it, it hasn't been true, unfortunately. I love our law enforcement. I think we do a great job. But ultimately, we need to become, we need to start taking ownership for our freedoms, um, taking ownership for our uh, our safety. Uh, there's a small point I wanted to also tag um, that, you know, it's not the same world we live in where, you know, if a, if a tank pulled up to my door, I'd be completely outgunned. Um, to that point, I would just say, uh, the the armed an armed population is is the last bastion of defense. If you look at places like Iraq, where our entire armed forces win, we've pummeled them with airstrikes for for years and years and years. We never fully uh, oppressed the armed forces in Iraq, and that's why, and that's the strongest army and nation uh, nation's army in the world attacking uh, an armed a small group of uh, armed resistance. Really, um, America is not only the strongest country because of our army, because of our armed population that uh, we're not just protecting ourselves from our, our own government, which that we're protecting ourselves from, from, you know, the outside as well by arming the population. If, uh, if a small resistance in Iraq can resist the American army for so long, imagine what, imagine how strong really the United States is with an armed uh, civilian population. It's just, it's just so important to who we are as America and, and protecting who we are. I think, again, you're, you're making good points, and there's, there's definite wisdom and, um, that needs to go into how you exercise that right and to do it responsibly, responsibly um, to make police feel comfortable and everyone feel comfortable. But I, I, do, want, I do want to see the mindset change um, because we've, we've, got, we've come so far from where we really should, should be as a nation, I feel. All right, John in Lockport, I appreciate the call. I appreciate your view. I have to say, though, that I just I feel the exact opposite. We don't live in Iraq. We live in the United States of America. And I don't want to walk around with that mindset all the time that I need a weapon to defend myself, that I need to be carrying a, a gun at all hours of the day and that everyone else should because you don't know what's going to happen. And I don't think that we live in that world. Listen, there's a lot of crazy things. There's a lot of horrible things, especially recently. I mean, you just have to turn on the news. You just have to turn us on in the morning, listen to the news. There's a lot of terrible things that happen. I still feel safe. I still feel safe in America. I don't go out in crowded places. Listen, I'm here at the Republican convention in Cleveland where everyone's expecting the you-know-what to hit the fan uh, down a, a narrow street shoulder-to-shoulder with hundreds of other people. I still feel safe because I don't want to ever get to a mindset of perpetual fear. And I, I feel bad for those of you who do. That's no way to live through life. You're not enjoying anything if you're walking around thinking I have to protect myself with this weapon all the time. Alright, uh, one more call before the break. Uh, your name isn't appearing on my screen, but if you hear the click uh, go on line two, you're on WBEN. Hey, nice to talk to you, Brian. I believe that if you pass a background check and you have training in a firearm and you live in a state which allows that, I believe you have every right to do it. And the reason I say this is I'm an ex-veteran and my brother's an ex-police officer. 
first off, if I seen somebody carrying a gun, I'd be more concerned about the person hiding the gun than I would somebody carrying it outright. Second of all, if I'm going to get shot at, I'm going to shoot back. I am not going to be intimidated by somebody hiding a gun and trying to pull it on me when they know I have some firepower on me. I'm going I'm to keep you on here, but I have to respond here. And, and you, you, you hit on this is uh, concealed carry better than an open carry. I think the person, uh, whether you're concealing a weapon and carrying it or whether you're carrying it open, openly, you're still carrying that weapon. And it, it doesn't really change too much. The only thing with the concealed part is a lot of people who you'd make uncomfortable, say people who are just going to fill up their car with gas and they look next to them and they see somebody with a rifle thrown over their shoulder or a, a handgun on, the, or on their belt, I think concealed carry is a little bit better for those reasons. If somebody has a right to burn a flag and, and protest, don't I have a right to carry a I'm, firearm? I'm not arguing that you don't have a right to. I don't think that it's smart to. Just like those people who had a right to burn an American flag, they're a bunch of idiots for burning a flag in a public space right outside the entrance to and. They should be arrested and, you know, thrown because they're creating a hazard to the public by lighting any object, whether it's a flag, whether it's anything else, by lighting anything on fire where there's a whole bunch of people around. And I'm not going to. They have a right to do that under the Constitution, just like these people have a right to carry a weapon. I'm saying it's not smart to do either. Well, we can continue this conversation after break if you'd like to. Oh, you're breaking for me. Oh, thank I, you, thank you. Uh, I, you know what? I, I always break a little late. I, I, I know. I, what, I know. Mike Baggerman gets a little, uh, a little antsy back there, but uh, unfortunately, we're gonna have to let you go. If you told me your name, I would have cut you on because then I would have said, "Hey, Jimbo, we'll keep you on after the break." I can't do that. I don't know your name. We'll continue to keep you uh, to take your calls. If you're on hold, we will keep you. Uh, I'm sorry if uh, you've been waiting long. We'll get to you right away. So uh, stay with us through the break, and we'll be back. We're live from the Republican National Convention in Cleveland. It smells a little weird over here. It wasn't me, I swear, but, you know, I'm kind of looking around. I don't know what happened. Got that stench. All the big speeches we'll bring to you later. Brian Mazarowski live from Cleveland on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.